Welcome to part four of codependency and assertiveness. Today's focus is on um, more assertiveness tips and tools, self-care, a little brief rundown on boundaries and values, and tips on building gratitude, and a recap of healthy versus unhealthy relationships. So, in assertiveness, we are looking at physical tension. When we are communicating in a passive or aggressive way, we often feel anxious or angry. And, you know, the limbic system doesn't lie, so our bodies will reflect that. Our um, minds and bodies are connected as one. Um, so whatever we feel emotionally, we will feel it physically. Just like you get butterflies in your stomach when you're in love or the way your face gets red when you're angry and it feels hot. Your muscles tense up when you're under stress. A lot of times we carry that stress in the trapezius muscles in the upper back and neck and you can definitely feel the tension. So we become tense um, in different parts of our bodies. Over time, the tension builds up. We start to get headaches, backaches, stomach issues. Some people develop IBS. Um, a whole range of phys physical symptoms can manifest. So um, we find it more and more difficult to be able to relax. And um, communicating assertively requires us to be able to control that tension in our bodies when we're in a difficult situation or when we're uncomfortable. So you have to identify your physical tension. First step in reducing it is to identify where you hold it in your body. Um, so here are some examples. Maybe you feel it in your scalp. Maybe your scalp gets tingly or you feel your scalp tighten up as your eyebrows go up. Uh, maybe it's in your forehead. Maybe you scrunch up your forehead and furrow your eyebrows. Maybe it's in your eyes. Maybe your eyes start to water even though you're not crying. Or maybe you do start crying. Maybe your eyes um, squint. Maybe your eyes get big and they stop blinking. Um, you may feel it in your temples. You may feel a pressure or a pain in your temples. Um, your jaw might get really tight. Your neck, your shoulders... Your chest might tighten up. You might have a rapid heartbeat. Um, your upper arms and lower arms. Your hands. You might clench them into a fist. And that would, in turn, tighten the muscles in your forearms. Um, you might feel it in your stomach. A sense of, you know, like I've said before, feeling nauseated. Or um, bad butterflies, as I call them. You might feel the tension in your lower back. Um, some people actually clench their butt cheeks. I know that sounds funny, but when you're, when you're stressed out and you have a lot of tension, sometimes that happens. Um, you might tense up your thighs, your calves, your feet. Everything is just tense. So this is an, this is an exercise in, in learning and identifying where your tension is in terms of trying to communicate, um, in a more assertive fashion. So once you realize where that tension is, um, 
you're, you're able to focus on that area to use exercises to reduce that tension, okay? So reducing that tension begins with paying attention to your tension. <laughs> Um, there, are, there are often people are often surprised at how tense they really are, because uh, we go day to day to day with that tension, and we kind of get used to it. So um, there's a number of relaxation techniques that can be used to reduce this physical tension. Um, so it's important that you identify it and point it out to yourself. Um, as with all the skills that you learn, the more you practice the more impact they have and the better the results. So um, here's a few that are listed on this module. Exercise. So of course when we exercise, if you get an exercise video or if you go to the gym, um, it often begins with stretches. And you want to stretch all of your muscles and hold each stretch for 20 seconds and then move on to the next stretch and that prepares your muscles for exercise right and then after your workout and at the end of your dvd if you're watching a workout dvd what's the last thing you always do it's it stretches again right so you want to stretch the muscles you just worked out helps to prevent so much stiffness later and um, helps you to do the cool down part where you're heart rate starts to decrease instead of pounding with the workout you decrease your heart rate um, you stretch everything out catch your breath another another uh, tool or technique is massage um, go get a massage go get a full body massage even just a half hour is fantastic if you can go for a full hour even better if you don't have the resources to go get a massage ask your partner to give you a small massage on just your shoulders and neck. Um, they also sell shiatsu massage. It's like a vest, sort of, on Amazon. Um, I have purchased one, and I love it. Um, you put it on your back and neck, and then it has these handles you put your hands in, and you push a button, and you just sit there, and it massages you, and it has heat, and it has... Um, different various speeds and stuff so it gets to your neck and your upper shoulders um, another another technique that's pretty easy if you have help is um, to use something such as tiger balm or some sort of muscle rub and have somebody just massage it into your neck and shoulders for you before you lay down to go to sleep um, progressive muscle relaxation is a fantastic tool this is something that I use with my clients in the office quite often and um, I will do an episode specifically for progressive muscle relaxation that you can refer to um, because if I include it in this episode it'll be a pain in the butt for you to come back and find it so I will um, remember to do that for you um, to help you reduce tension in your body another great tool is yoga um, I know some people say yoga no way but you can start with beginners yoga you don't have to do the crazy hatha yoga right away you can start with beginners yoga and just the basic um, poses and stretches they work wonders especially when you go into the ones that are for the upper back and neck if you have Amazon Prime and if you have a fire stick um, they have 
several different free yoga videos that you can um, you can save into your playlist and you can put them on every morning if you want to and follow along. So I highly recommend trying it at least. Um, of course, get your doctor's get your doctor's approval first before trying any exercise. Meditation. Meditation is a great tool as well because you're focusing on um, doing a little bit of progressive muscle relaxation where you feel you tighten your muscles and you release them and with each breath you fall deeper and deeper into relaxation. Meditation is wonderful. Guided visualizations, um, that's kind of like a, a, a cross between hypnosis and meditation. Of course you're safe and fully aware the whole time so no subliminal thoughts can be put into your mind but it can help you to relax slow breathing is useful as well if you do the four second breathing where you inhale through your nose hold your breath for four seconds exhale slowly from your mouth for four seconds and then hold with no breath in your lungs for four seconds it slows down your heart rate and it oxygenates your blood and it actually does relax your muscles a little bit and the last on this list is tai chi um i personally have not tried tai chi but people who have tried it have told me it's wonderful um so with that list exercise massage progressive muscle relaxation yoga meditation guided visualiz visualization slow breathing and tai chi what else can you think of that would reduce your tension? I want you to jot that down on your notebook um, and possibly if you have any post-it notes, put each different activity that you think of that you think will work for you, each one individually on its own post-it note and slap them on your bathroom mirror or next to your bed to remind yourself, hey, self-care, pick one, okay? Um, let's see, soaking in a hot bath with Epsom salts, if uh, you have no issues with Epsom salt, and um, maybe a lavender essential oil or a rose essential oil or um, something calming, something that makes you feel calm when you smell it, maybe that's vanilla, um, but soaking in a hot bath, listening to a guided meditation or listening to just music with no lyrics or listening to your favorite 80s or your favorite rap or whatever whatever it is that makes you feel happy and just staying in that tub till the water's cold just relax um so these you know i'm giving you some healthy healthy coping tools to help reduce physical tension um progressive muscle relaxation will be one of the next episodes coming up so keep your eyes open for that and uh, when you engage in that episode no pen or paper will be required you'll just have to find a nice comfortable spot and either lie down or sit down and just listen okay so I'm going to move on to the next the slow breathing technique. Sit comfortably with your arms and legs uncrossed, with your feet flat on the floor, 
and your hands gently resting in your lap. You might find it easier to close your eyes while you are doing this. Use your nose rather than your mouth to do the breathing. Start by just observing your breathing naturally. Now try to slowly lengthen each inhalation by drawing your breath down towards the abdominal area in a smooth and steady fashion. Have a brief pause before you observe the slow, smooth, steady fashion in which your breath is released as you exhale also through your nose. Now that you're paying attention, you can begin the counting rhythm. So this is different from the four-second breathing, um, which reduces anxiety and tension. This one will produce a breathing rate of 10 breaths per minute. A normal breathing rate is 10 to 14 breaths per minute. So try to maintain the slow, even, controlled rhythm in your breathing by continuing to count in your head. Try not to speed up the count. So you will be breathing in and counting rhythm of breathing in for three seconds and out for three seconds. And this is all done through your nose, in and out through your nose. Keep breathing for 10 to 15 minutes using this rhythm. When you have finished, gently open your eyes and take your time before you get up from the chair or from the couch or wherever you have decided to relax. If you suffer from panic attacks, slow breathing is important to control your breathing so that you don't hyperventilate. In fact, the breathing retraining for panic slows the breath down even further than this exercise. Visualization is the power to imagine. <laughs> Visualization is the power of our imagination to reduce our stress. Um, one visualization I like to have clients do, and this involves uh, visualizing with your mind and your eyes closed, and it also involves your wedding ring finger and your thumb. So on your left hand, your wedding ring finger and your thumb, you will press the tip of them together as you close your eyes and picture the happiest day of your life. Was it your wedding day? Was it Disneyland? Was it the day you got your master's degree? Was it the day that your mom finally said she was proud of you? Whatever that happiness was, was it the day your first child was born or the second, third, and fourth? Was it picture those happy moments in your mind and press the tip of your ring finger to your thumb and then release and then press again and release as you picture this happiness. Feel the joy and emotion of that day. Let it bubble up to your heart and your head smile to yourself and press your finger and your thumb together again and think about the smells and the the visuals was it sunny were you near the beach could you smell the beach um, was it somebody's perfume or a certain food press that thumb and ring finger together again with every one of your senses remember the happiest day of your life as you press your ring finger to your thumb and now open your eyes and when you start to feel tense and you're you're needing to be assertive with somebody this is an exercise you can do and nobody will know you're doing it when you press 
your ring finger and thumb together, it will cause you to relax. So the more you visualize your happiest day ever and you press that ring finger and thumb together over and over while you're thinking about it, it will condition your brain to say, hey, when this person presses that ring finger to that thumb, you release happy chemicals. Kind of a cool trick, huh? And the reason that um, you use your wedding ring finger is because that's the ring they put your wedding ring on because that ring finger actually connects directly to your heart, which also has neurons just like your brain. So you're lighting up the neurons in your heart and in your brain, and you're connecting it to a physical um, a physical button, so to say. So when you have to be assertive, you can push that button. Nobody knows what you're doing, and you're relaxing yourself. It's kind of a neat trick. And here's another one. There's no limits to what you can visualize. Your brain is so amazing. You can visualize whatever you want. Um, but here are some principles to follow. So you want to be comfortable. You want to lie down or sit down, close your eyes, not have a lot of distractions. Um, scan your body, notice any tension within any muscles, and tense and relax them with each breath until you don't tense them anymore because you feel like they've sufficiently relaxed. Um, begin creating a mental sense impression. Involve all your senses, sight, hearing, touch, smell, and taste. Um, you can imagine a beach, the, your happiest day of your life. You can imagine the sky, the sand, people around you. What are they wearing? What do they look like? What do you smell? Um, what do you feel? Do you feel the warmth of the sun on your body? Do you feel the crisp, cool air as you're skiing down a hill? What is it? Um, do you hear the sound of the ocean waves, birds, trains? What do you hear? And what do you taste in the air? Is it salty because you're near the ocean? Is it cold and almost minty because you're in the snow? Like, where are you and how beautiful is it? Use self-statements to aid your relaxation. Use the present tense and avoid negatives. Now, this is also the law of attraction. So, this visualization is super cool. It's getting better by the sentence here. Um, avoid saying, I am not tense, because you'll become more tense. Instead, say, I am letting go of tension. I feel relaxed. And visualize three times a day. Visualization is easiest in the morning at and at night uh, while you're laying in bed. And after, you're pra after you practice this a lot, you'll be able to visualize in any situation. You can, uh, you know, you can be at work and say, oh, pardon me, I need to use the ladies room. And you can run off to the bathroom and just close a stall and sit there, stand there and just do a five minute visualization to calm yourself. Um, these things work. When I was um, completing my internship that was very stressful, I used to use this to keep myself from crying in uh, conjunction with the breathing because it, sometimes it would be overwhelming and I would just, oh, I want to cry. And I knew if I cried, that was my career suicide at that internship. So it absolutely does work. I'm living testimony. <laughs> okay, so in order to be assertive, we have to have control over physical tension in our bodies, and uh, having too much tension will increase our stress and anxiety. 
and it can lead to pain, stress, and related illnesses. Um, there are a number of ways that you can reduce your tension. First, you have to identify it and acknowledge it, and then you want to use um, one of the one or more of the tools listed: meditation, exercise, tai chi, massage, visualization, yoga, breathing, progressive muscle relaxation. Um, to reduce stress, it's important we practice relaxation techniques on a regular basis. Find one that suits you and practice, practice, practice. Okay, next in assertiveness. How will you recognize assertive behavior? It's important you learn how to recognize the verbal and nonverbal characteristics of different communication styles. So, passive. Now, we've gone through this already, I believe. Um, passive communication, you're not expressing honestly your thoughts and beliefs. You're not being true to yourself. You're allowing other people to violate your rights. Um, you may be expressing yourself in a very apologetic way. Um, not good. So, sometimes showing a subtle lack of respect for the other person's ability to take disappointment shoulder responsibility or handle their own problems is another factor um, of passive communication and it's not very nice it's kind of passive aggressive um, verbal characteristics beating around the bush long rambling sentences uh, dropping away frequent justifications nonverbal characteristics you remember we talked about the slumped shoulders averting the eyes poor eye contact um, Feeling unworthy, feeling like you don't matter, you think you're being selfless and a good sport, but really you're just ripping yourself off. So um, we've gone through these already, so I won't go through this again. Um, so that leaves us with two more modules on being assertive, but I'm going to go ahead and take a quick break and we'll be right back. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Okay, so I'm back and switching gears here. This is empowerment. I'm working on empowerment, and I've put together a few things to share with you. So part of being a more assertive person and killing that codependency trait and avoiding unhealthy and toxic relationships and communication styles, a big piece of it is your self-confidence your self-worth, your boundaries, and your empowerment. So you've probably come this far um, experiencing a lot of disempowerment, and now it's time to get strong. So I'm going to ask a few questions. I just want you to think about them as I read them off, and your answers will definitely help you determine some strengths about you. So think about a few of your favorite hobbies or activities. 
What is it about these activities that you enjoy? How do these activities put your strengths to use? If you don't have a favorite hobby or activity, it's time to get one and then ask yourself those questions. Imagine a time you felt you were at your best. Describe to yourself what you were doing and what about that situation made you feel confident. Compare this to a time when you felt uneasy or a time when you were not confident. What are the differences? Think about someone who you admire or respect. What are this person's greatest strengths and how do you know? Do you share any of those strengths? Now think about a few, whoops. Think about when a person's goals align with their strengths. They tend to put forth more effort and are more likely to be successful. So think about the goals you have for your future. How can you utilize your strengths to achieve each one of these goals? And, okay, one more question. Although some of our strengths are obvious to us, a lot go unnoticed. You can often spot your invisible strengths by noticing the strengths that energize you. Thinking about maybe this past week, when did you feel most energized and what strengths were you using? So you may say, geez, Liz, I don't know (laughs) uh, what my strengths are. I don't know. So if that's the case, if you're not sure what your strengths might be, let me give you some options to choose from. And from there, you should be inspired to uh, draw more options, okay? Wisdom, empathy, enthusiasm, being a fair person, modesty, gratitude, ambition, Athletic, optimistic, artistic, honest, kind, brave, have a lot of common sense, love to learn, creativity, discipline, I'm independent, I'm curious, open-minded, loving, cooperative, have good self-control, great sense of humor, confidence, assertiveness, flexibility, leadership qualities, persistence, social awareness, forgiveness, patience, spirituality is my strength, intelligence is my strength, I'm logical, adventurous. What other strengths can you think of in yourself and others? And if you don't have some of the strengths on here that you wish you had, there you go. You get to practice turning a complaint into a goal. So that's just a brief rundown on strengths. Now I'm going to talk about healthy versus unhealthy coping skills. Coping strategies and actions we take, consciously or unconsciously, to deal with stress, problems, or uncomfortable emotions. Unhealthy coping strategies tend to feel good in the moment, but they have long-term negative consequences. 
Healthy coping strategies may not provide instant gratification, but they lead to a positive, long-lasting outcome. So an example of an unhealthy coping strategy would be drug or alcohol use, overeating, procrastinating, sleeping too much or too little, isolating, self-harming, and becoming extremely aggressive. Examples of healthy coping strategies include exercise, talking about your problem, healthy eating, seeking professional help, relaxation techniques and deep breathing, using social support, and problem-solving techniques. So how many of you engage in unhealthy coping skills and healthy coping skills? How many of each one would you say that you're doing more of? If you are struggling with codependency and you've been in an abusive relationship, it's probably pretty likely that you engage in a few unhealthy coping skills and maybe seek seek help and support from friends and look for self-help in secret. Um, but it's time that you make you a priority. The other person is no longer, nobody else is your priority. You are you, your priority, okay? So this is a big piece of self-care is having some good healthy coping strategies for when life throws those bricks at your head. Um, here's some examples just to kind of cement it into you. So Noelle has a research paper due in one of her classes. Because the paper requires so much work, Noelle feels anxious every time she thinks about it. When Noelle distracts herself with other activities, she feels better. Noelle uses the coping strategy of procrastination to avoid her feelings of anxiety. This helps her feel better now, but of course it's going to cause her um, big problems in the long run, right? So she puts it off because it gives her anxiety and it helps her feel better right now. But then later when this huge research paper is due, what is she going to do? She'll probably write a really quick, terrible paper and get a bad grade. And in the long run, that's awful, right? She didn't even try. She just kept avoiding it. So avoidance is never good. Um, example two, Juan feels jealous whenever his wife spends time with her friends. To control the situation, Juan uses insults to put down his wife's friends, and he demands that his wife stay home. When Juan's wife caves in to his demands, he feels a sense of relief. Juan uses the coping strategy of aggression to avoid the discomfort of jealousy. So that was pretty self-explanatory. They'll start a fight with you. They'll tell you how awful your friends are. Um, they don't want you hanging out with people like that. Um, and then you end up saying, oh, okay, I'll just... You stay home to keep the peace because the baby's throwing a little fit. So you... Stay home and coddle the little baby to avoid all that drama. And uh, a lot of uh, abusive types, narcissistic types, will use this tactic 
often, very often, and it's um, it's very frustrating. Let's see. Rebecca is angry about being passed over for a promotion at work. Rather than discussing the situation with her boss and trying to improve her performance, she holds in that anger. Rebecca has learned to manage her anger by drinking alcohol. Drinking numbs her anger temporarily, but the problems at work remain unresolved. So you can get drunk, you can get high all you want, and while you're intoxicated, that problem is off in the shadows behind a haze somewhere. But when you wake up and when you come down off of your little high, that problem is still there rearing its ugly head right in your face. So it's a good example of unhealthy coping skills. You can uh, throw a fit, be aggressive, you can get wasted, you can put things off, but in the end, you're just really cheating yourself. You're not really helping yourself. All right, self-care, self-care and confidence leading to more assertive communication to avoid codependent traits and toxic people. I want to talk about rumination. Um, Rumination is when we dwell on difficulties and stuff that stresses us out. We are repeatedly thinking about events from our past. We become preoccupied with something and we're not able to get it out of our head. Um, It's kind of a learned strategy for dealing with our problems to sit and brood on it for hours and days and weeks. Um, Is rumination normal? Of course it is. To some extent, we all do it. And um, thinking about problems can be helpful if if you're working on a solution. You know, of course you want to dissect the problem, see where things went wrong, and plan on what to do different next time, and forgive yourself or others, and, you know, move on. Um... When it's unhelpful, when the rumination is unhealthy, that's when it tends to focus on causes and consequences instead of solutions. So it's more like, uh, why me? Is my life ever going to get better? Why do all my relationships end? Why, why am I so stupid? Why is that guy such a jerk? Um, rumination tends to focus on what has gone wrong and it leads to stupid thoughts. It leads to those cognitive distortions, that horrible negative self-talk. Um, when you use negative rumination excessively, it does lead to depression. It's also a symptom of depression. It's a symptom and a cause. Um, when you use it excessively, you can maintain an episode of depression for a long, long time. So if your codependent traits have caused you to fall into a depression due to an abusive relationship or a loss of a relationship, um, it's important to avoid excessive rumination. It can also lead to inactivity and avoidance. So there will be absolutely no problem solving going on in your brain, so this rumination is not beneficial. Um... Here's an example of a loop of rumination. What is wrong with me for this to keep happening? And that leads to, why do these things always happen to me? 
and that leads to what did I do to deserve this and then you think what is wrong with me and it just it's like a never-ending loop um dwelling on a problem ruminating can also lead to resolving the issue right your problem solving so you say to yourself how can i prop how can i solve this problem and then you decide i'm going to take action here's what i will do um and you turn it into a goal so helpful ruminations ask how questions how can i fix this how can i get out of this situation um unhelpful rumination is all about why why me why am i in this situation what's wrong with me and so on so the next time you're ruminating ask yourself is this beneficial and helpful for me or am i engaging in an unhealthy coping skill and a few self-care tips a few more self-care tips take time to do things you enjoy that can be everyday activities you find relaxing, fun or energizing. Could be as simple as reading a book or as big as taking a vacation. Self-care means taking care of you. This means eating good food, healthy food, getting enough sleep, caring for your personal hygiene and anything else that maintains good health for you. Make sure self-care is your priority. There will always be other things to do, but don't let this interrupt the time you set aside for your own self-care. Self-care is just as important as any other responsibility. Make self-care a habit. Just like eating one apple doesn't eliminate health problems, using self-care just once will not have enough effect to reduce stress. You have to find something you can do often and stick with it once a week, twice a week, once a day for 10 minutes, whatever it is. Start start a new habit. You have to do it you have to do it uh consistent consistently for 21 days in a row and it will become a habit for you. So 21 days. Start on the self-care routine. Set boundaries, of course. Um a few minutes of self-care is better than none at all if you life happens life throws bricks at our heads sometimes and we don't get to go get that 1 hour massage okay fine um maybe you'll do something for 10 minutes at home like give yourself a really quick pedicure or something just to feel better or even um a crest white strip on your teeth to make your teeth whiter that can that that's considered healthcare too it makes you feel better it's a cosmetic thing about looks but it makes you feel better um anything that makes you feel better a spritz of your favorite perfume if you can't afford it just go to the store and say can i sample that <laughs> and then you can wear it for a day if you can afford it buy yourself a bottle you deserve it um unhealthy activities do not count as self-care so if you decide for your self-care you're going to go get wasted drunk and go to a strip club and um spend the night away from your home and your your spouse and your whatever that's uh that's not really self-care that's um self-deprecating and you're going to cause a whole mess of issues in your relationship so make sure it's something healthy don't go with the unhealthy uh overeating substance use um 
none of that because uh, you know short term yeah you'll feel better you let loose but long term not good uh, now if you're going to go to the karaoke bar and of course we got to wait for covid to lift and all that but if you're going to go to the karaoke bar and have a couple drinks and sing a few songs and then go home that's different that's fun you know you're not getting wasted you're not being unhealthy or gluttonous about it so it's okay um keep up with your self-care even when you're feeling good oh i don't tell yourself i've had a good week i don't need to go get a massage you know what do it anyway um it helps to maintain that good feeling another aspect of good self-care and raising your self-confidence and realizing your own worth is gratitude taking on an attitude of gratitude <laughs> um start a gratitude journal even if you only write one thing on it every day what am i grateful for i woke up my eyes opened and i'm not dead yay uh what am i grateful for i have a decent job that pays the bills what am i grateful for uh my child i love my child so much what am i grateful for uh just pick something every day and write it down i'm grateful for this i'm grateful for that start your day with gratitude instead of a complaint okay um another gratitude exercise is to write somebody a letter think about somebody who maybe has had a major impact on your life in a positive way and thank them for it tell them you appreciate the fact that they're in your life and you're so grateful that you get to know them visit somebody you appreciate write the letter as a bu- as described and and instead of mailing it deliver it by hand show up with some donuts and a letter show up with two starbucks coffees in the letter you could even read it to them if you want um let's see say thank you so throughout the day look for reasons to tell people thank you recognize small actions they do that would normally be overlooked just uh you know the whole captain obvious scenario hey i noticed i noticed you're wearing a a new set of earrings today they're beautiful you look nice or i noticed you're in a really good mood happy looks great on you i'm i'm grateful to see another person happy um good for you just any anything and everything you spend your entire day focused on what can i thank people for today um and last one on this list is take a take a gratitude walk go take a little walk around the block or down to the park notice the smell of the flowers notice the pretty the pretty colors of paint on the houses or buildings notice the feel of the breeze on your skin the warmth of the sun on your face um spend a few mo- moments just focusing on each one of your senses sight hearing taste smell and touch and and uh find new things you may have never noticed stand under stand underneath a tree and this is my favorite one i know i say this all the time to people but stand under a tree and look at the little veins in the leaves and how pretty it is the way the sunbeams light the leaves up from above and you're standing under the tree looking up it is so pretty and it's just beautiful and then look at the different shades of green that show through the tree because of the sunlight and then compare that shade of green to the green on the grass and the green on the rose bush and 
if you see flowers, smell them and just focus on looking looking for the beautiful stuff in the world when you go on a gratitude walk. And then you say to yourself, man, I'm so grateful I get to live in a world that has all of this beauty that we just take for granted. Okay, and we're almost at the end. Um, forgiveness is a huge piece of self-care, okay? I usually don't push forgiveness so hard, but when we have codependency issues, we have got a lot of people to forgive, and one of the biggest is ourselves. We have got to embrace forgiveness to move forward and be healthy, confident, good self-esteem, and feel better. So forgiveness is the decision to overcome pain that was inflicted on you by somebody else. It is letting go of that anger, resentment, shame, and emotions associated with injustice. It is treating the offender with compassion, even though they don't deserve it. What forgiveness is not, you're not repairing or returning to a relationship. It is not a reconciliation. You are not forgetting what they did to you. You are not condoning or excusing their behavior. You're not granting like legal mercy to the offender and you're letting go. You're not letting go, but wishing for revenge. Okay. You're truly, truly releasing them and you're doing it not for them. You're doing it for you so you can move forward. I just wanted to reiterate that. And finally, I want you this week after listening to this final podcast on this topic, I would like for you to focus this week on pointing out the green flags of healthy people and healthy relationships. So I want you to point out the green flags in other people and in your own, in yourself and in other relationships. Notice when one partner is treating other like an equal, like I'm not better than you. I'm not smarter than you. I'm not going to one up you. I'm open to hearing what you say and I respect you. Look for that type of attitude in others and tell yourself, I'm grateful for people with that attitude. This is kind of a law of attraction thing. So I I hope you'll stick with it and do it. Um, Look for people who are respectful to others and respectful to you. And look at when you are respectful to others. And every time that exchange happens, I want you to say to yourself in your head, I'm so grateful to be respected. It feels good. Look for people who listen. Um... They listen without being distracted. They listen without over-talking you. They listen and they paraphrase back what you say to them. And they ask follow-up questions to get you to talk a little more. And when that happens, when you find a healthy communicator who makes you feel good about yourself, tell yourself, I am so grateful to be having a conversation with somebody who is a nice, healthy, effective communicator. It is amazing. I want you to look for um, people who are willing to compromise. They don't fight. They don't get stubborn. They don't want to prove they're right and you're wrong or anything like that. They're willing to compromise. They're willing to hear you out and even if you agree to disagree, you'll be able to come to a conclusion and a compromise with 
with ease and with respect and with love. When, when you see that in an interaction between you and somebody else, or if you witness it between two other people, I want you to tell yourself, I really am grateful and I appreciate people who are able to compromise. It is such a nice tool to have. That's just a few green flags. I don't want to overwhelm you with a giant list. But that is the end of this episode. So I hope this was helpful and I want you to practice, practice, practice. Don't stop practicing. Keep an eye out for the progressive muscle relaxation episode. And keep on making good choices. Make it a great day. Turn your complaints into goals and no complaining. Until next time, thank you for tuning in to your therapy tools. Remember to like, favorite, um, subscribe to my podcast wherever you're listening to it. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.